Welcome to Deadly Discussions. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison, a podcast about social entrepreneurship. I'd like to take this moment also to acknowledge the traditional landowners on whose land we are recording today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. So, you ready to go? Let's go. Very first one. Let's go. So, welcome to Deadly Discussions. Uh, today, I'm calling in my good friend, Matthew. Uh, Matt, I'm not going to try to pronounce your surname because I will cock it up. So, you can say it for me after this. Yep. Uh, Maddie is a lawyer, an Indigenous lawyer with Greek heritage, currently working in Melbourne City. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the show, Maddie. And please explain your last name for me. Thank you very much. Isaac, it's, it's um, a real pleasure to be on this podcast with you and it's something that um, it, it's uh, really a pleasure in being on the very first podcast that you guys have done, Thank on you. the very first Deadly Podcast. So That's right. My surname is uh, Karakalakis and I'm the Principal Solicitor of AMK Law. Yep. That's great, mate. And so your, explain a little bit before we get into some of the questions, and it'll tie into your story. So what's it like having such cultural uh, heritage? You know, you've got Greek heritage and you've got indigenous heritage, and then balancing that out. Do you want to share a bit about that? Absolutely. Um, it's, it's a, I think it's a real gift. I think, um, you know, my father's Greek, yep. he came... Australia as a young boy, um, I think he's about three years old. Yeah, well, and he came with his twin brother and his um, baby brother, who was one at the time. Yeah, well, wow. his two parents came to Adelaide in a boat that took many months from Greece. Whoa, um, and they stayed in the Adelaide Park lands, not actually having a home for the first few weeks until my grandfather landed a factory job. Yeah. Um, and sort of moved from there, and with my Aboriginal heritage yep. um, and, my, and my mother's and side of the family, and the stories that I've heard, there's definitely a lot of stories about overcoming challenges. Yep. Um, and together, I think there's a real strong alignment in terms of, you know, both my Greek heritage and my Aboriginal heritage, and yep. um, I think the ability. Um, and understanding that I've got from both sides of the family really helps in terms of, you know, me appreciating where I'm at today. Yeah, well, that's um, definitely a lot to to take on. I was interested. You said twin, twin. Yeah, yeah, twin. So that means if in the future, if you're looking at children, that could be a possibility for you. If you're a numbers guy, oh, Isaac, <laughs> it's a possibility. I think. I think uh, my, my wife. I think she would love to have twins. I. I uh, think it might mean double the uh, pleasure and also double the, the work that goes to the rearing <laughs> That's children. right. That's right. You get two um, straight off the bat and, and there you finish. So that's that's amazing, mate, um, you know, because the, the podcast is going to be focused on a lot of um, uh, social entrepreneurship. We know that, you know, the Indigenous procurement policy on the federal level, um, which myself and yourself are involved with. We also know local state governments got a lot of... Um, social procurement framework and uh, you look at the level crossings and the and the targets that they're hitting and um, I yep. think that's probably what ties into us now um, so your current role and what you're doing what's you know what a lot of your business as a as a lawyer so that would be professional services right yeah so 
at the uh, firm AM Taylor, we um, work in commercial law, property law, uh, and dispute resolution. Yep. Now, across those uh, areas, we do a lot of startup work. So we were actually counting the numbers um, on the weekend, and yeah. about 25% of our clients are startup indigenous businesses, and that's something that we're really, really... Um, you know, proud to be involved with them and pleased yeah. to be doing because the real uh, inspiration that we have as as a firm is to be successful in our own right, but also yep. inspiring other Indigenous uh, business owners and lawyers to be the best they can be, and then helping with startup Indigenous businesses has been such a a um, valuable contribution that we've been able to make in terms of yes. doing the work, starting up these businesses, and then providing ongoing support after that. Um, we also do a lot of, you know, in the dispute resolution, um, um, that also involved a lot of court work. Okay. Um, this morning I was working on a significant commercial litigation matter that involves provisions of the Australian consumer law, um, yep. where we've got a, a top tier law firm on the other side yep. uh, representing the defendant. We represent the plaintiff in this case. Yep. Um, and it's in the federal court going very well, but obviously there's this challenge in every case, and it's it's yes. not over until the fat lady sings, as they say. Yeah, wow. Um, and I'll go back to the to the indigenous business part. A lot of these indigenous businesses that are starting up are they are we talking joint ventures with larger established companies? Are we talking mum and pop shops? Are we talking sole trader looking to upscale and and get a few guys underneath them to do the work what are we talking about here yep so we've acted for a variety of different um you know startup businesses there's a there's a larger um scale startup indigenous business for example we work for a client that set up a new business we arranged the joint venture and corporate documentation um and there was some complex shareholder agreement arrangements. Yep. Um, and there was a sort of more complicated commercial and global structure involved in that startup business. But then we've also done some work on that other end of the spectrum. Yep. You know, for example, we've got a, a client, and I'll, I'll say her name, for, for, it'd be good to give her a bit of publicity. Her name's like, yeah. Sharon, and she's got the Kui. Oh, yes, um, Sharon, yes, down at uh, Rye. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Awesome crock burgers. Uh, fantastic crock burgers. Um, and so that's a cafe. Um, yeah. As a startup business. So there's a real variety. But I, I think it doesn't really matter what your business is as long as you're passionate about what you're doing. Yeah, that's right. Um, and you've got the right support and ability to provide excellent products and services, which most of our indigenous businesses do, then I think you know, yep. you, you're, you're on a winner. Yeah, definitely. And for our, our listeners who might not be um, familiar with Indigenous procurement or what's an Indigenous business, do you want to explain in a nutshell what defines legally a, a, an Indigenous business? Yep. So, um, that's actually, there's a, there's, a, there's a moral concept for, for an Indigenous business too, I think. Um, but I'll, I'll explain the, um, the legal definition. So, yep. At law, to be a uh, indigenous business, it's a business that is owned 
um, at least 51% by an Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander person. Yep. Um, and that can be either individual ownership. So, for example, most businesses do start off where someone gets a great business idea, um, begins working from home, and then yep. sort of grows from there. In that sole trader type structure, if that person's Aboriginal, well, then it would qualify as being an Aboriginal business or a Torres Strait Islander business. Yeah. Um, and therefore meet the um, you know Indigenous um, business threshold. Yeah. But then there's other arrangements where you might have a number of people getting together. Yep. Um, and so you've got five people as an example and they want to form a company. Yeah. Well, if there's three of those people that are, in, that are Indigenous and the other two people are non-Indigenous, yep. you can look at the cumulative shareholding of those three shareholders to see yeah, wow. whether or not it's above the 51% threshold. And if it is, then that particular business would still qualify as being an Indigenous business. One, one point I'd love to add yeah. um, into this uh, discussion is the definition of a joint venture. Yep. As it applies in the Indigenous um, procurement space and then yep. also as it, as it applies from, from the legal standpoint. This is something I've spoken um, yeah. to, to people from Supply Nation about as well. Yep. Um, the Supply Nation... Yeah, you want to share a bit about um, Supply Nation, who they are real quickly? Yep, so Supply Nation are a directory of Indigenous businesses, and I think they've often looked at as being the, the, the nationwide marketplace where Indigenous yeah. procurement can happen. Well, have you got anything else to add on that sort of explanation? Yeah, Isaac? yeah, I think, yeah, I think uh, it's misunderstood that there, you know, there are an organisation, non for profit, that is there to facilitate introductions to federal, state, um, and large corporates um, procurement teams to give you the, um, you know, the door open or the opportunity to be involved in tendering for works. Um, but I think when I first started, you know, my first connect, I thought, you know, they're just going to be handing out work. Like, but it's not the case. You know, you still have to go through the right channels. You still have the right insurances. You still have to be, you know, capable. You still got to be mm. financially fit as an indigenous business. And and they're the sort of facilitators that will point you in the right direction. And I think that's healthy to have that mindset. Um, you know, because I, you know, I think we've discussed this, and I talk about this with a lot of other social enterprises. Is that handout mentality versus the handout? And a lot of people saying, well, I'm indigenous business and, you know, I deserve this contract. But the complexities on, on certain contracts and works, you just we just don't have that knowledge yet. And so the indigenous business is only sector is so young still. So I can understand when people talk about risk, but, you know, there are some great champion um, companies out there in construction who actually build up indigenous businesses and their supply chain for the both benefits. And I think that's, the perfect example of reconciliation or closing the gap. And um, yeah, so so for you, like you're dealing with, uh, you know, we've got, you've got litigation cases with large, you know, large, it's going up to federal, then you've got Kui Cafe. Um, for you, Matt, what's, what really gets you out of bed every morning? Like what's the why, what, you know, keeps you going? You know, you just said, 
had a few frustrations um, over the last week or so or last night or, you know, however that comes, what, what helps you overcome that and reset? Sure. So my focus right now is being the best leader I can possibly be. Yeah. And I think that definitely starts starts within myself first and foremost. Yeah. In in leading myself and what I do, and in my interactions with all people, so that yeah, the, the proper and and highest outcomes can be achieved for the greater good of everyone. And then from there, I'm really working on being the best leader that I can be within our within our team. Yeah. And also within the community. So, for example, I'm um, running some workshops during the course of this year with um, some. Can I, can I say the, the government bodies or? Um, yeah, why not? I, I think, we can I, edit it out yeah, if I we mean, get in trouble. You know, I'm 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 running some uh, workshops with IBA. I'm yeah. Startup yeah. and then business also business, with yeah. um, small business Victoria. Yeah, and being involved in sharing knowledge and helping aspiring business owners to then be the best they can be yeah. and, and run successful businesses, I, I really see the true leadership opportunity, and a, yeah. and I'm really grateful for being able to share that knowledge and, and help other people in that way. Um, and there's definitely challenges on that. Um, I think leadership yeah. overall is a very challenging uh, concept, and I'm very very far from being. A perfect leader, so I'm really motivated to being the best leader I can possibly be and learning those skills that, that are required in that way. And then part of that is, is part of leadership is yep. building, um, building and developing our own our own team and um, being as strong as we can be as a Indigenous law firm. Yeah, um, we have been looking to employ more Indigenous lawyers and hopefully. Yeah, um, we'll have more Indigenous lawyers come on board very soon. Yeah, um, and exciting. then we can also inspire other Indigenous lawyers to fulfil their own career. And one of the great things, Matt, I think, is that yep. when people in past generations have sort of discussed, you know, um, the law and Indigenous people, they traditionally thought about c- crime or, um, yeah, you know, yeah prison terms and things like that. But I think as a commercial lawyer and as a, a firm that practices in a lot of business startup yep. um, legal issues, and that really gives us the opportunity to bring a, a more positive, empowering aspect yep. Yep. into the relationship that Indigenous people have with the law. So that's something that I'm very motivated by as well. Yeah, that's you know that's brilliant what you're saying. And pr- probably for our next um, podcast with yourself where we can, we can go over about the um, skill set shortage in the market for Indigenous um, lawyers or Indigenous electricians or anyone really because of the huge demand and you know but what I love is you know Indigenous people are the lowest socio-economic group in Australia and um, the only way we're going to raise that standard and it raises the whole nation actually because we're the lowest is um through involving them with working back on on country, you know, working back, being involved in the law. And I like how you've taken time out to be a part of Small Business Vic and the IBA, you know, because I find as well people go to these organizations and if they're not given the help they need, they sort of walk away. And um, Mm -hmm. it's about being 
like hand in hand. It's a two-way street. It's about giving the feedback to these groups in a really, you know, positive manner so that you can mm. do things right in the future because, yeah, I've had, you know, my parents, they got their house through ATSIC at the time and I've looked at the IBA stuff and I was like, you know, it's not for me. Um, you know, that's for poor black fellas, I'd say that. But then I realized is like, you know, these things are set up to benefit our mob. And so I have to learn to educate others on, you know, the right ways to go about these government agencies that want to help. And because everyone has separate DNAs, you know, different companies, non-for-profits, you know, wherever you work, it can be hard to understand that. So, but yeah, I think I'll bring it on to the final sort of question, Matt, and that's sort of social enterprises, what it means to you. You know, we've got all the targets set by government and state. You know, do you think things need to up the ante? Do you think they need to change and they need to audit? You know, what are your thoughts? This is a very, uh, very big question, I think. Yeah. Um, And I think it also touches on something that you were saying before about um, indigenous businesses and it's really important for us all to have our fundamental business principles and um, quality in services and products yeah. in our business um, as a as a starting point. Yeah. Um, the reason why I say that is because I've spoken to some indigenous business owners that um, have had the view um, about their ability to grow their business alone through the um, social procurement opportunity. Yes, and yes. I think that that's probably the wrong way to look yep. at these type of arrangements. Yeah, you have to, as a business owner, make sure your business is a quality business. Yeah, definitely. And then once you've got those fundamentals in place, then you can start looking at some of the social procurement opportunities. Yeah. Because if you, if you think about it from the point of view of a large organisation, they, for example, if they're putting out a, a, a tender, they want to make sure that they uh, enter into the commercial arrangement with someone that can actually succeed That's in delivering right. yeah. what's That's been right. agreed. So I think the social procurement opportunities can be seen as a... As a necessary bonus. Yeah. I think these opportunities are of great benefit for the entire country, for, yep. for everyone. Yeah. The reason why I say that is for sure there's a very large reconciliation aspect in all of this, hundred yep. percent. If we yep. talk about our family stories and um, look at what indigenous people have been through yeah. in, in our country, yeah. There needs to be um, you know, compensation. There needs to be a a a, a active way of um, trying to compensate for injustices, even though those injustices can in fact never really be compensated. But at least these opportunities through social procurement do carry with them an element of uh, reconciliation. I think a really important point in this is the the intention, the organisation's intention behind social procurement. Sometimes I've seen some organisations speak very loudly about social procurement and yep. opportunities for Indigenous businesses, but then not have the actions to actually back up those uh, words. Yeah, that's right. And that's yeah. definitely not a good thing for anyone. 
But I think if the correct intention can be carried out, the um, opportunities being given to Indigenous businesses and then those Indigenous businesses delivering upon those opportunities, I think that will benefit the society as a whole, the Indigenous businesses, but also I think that us Indigenous businesses and Indigenous business owners have a lot of excellent quality yeah. driven um, resources and a lot of strengths that can be delivered yeah. through those opportunities. And that can only benefit um, everyone, 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 um, not just the Indigenous business, but the large organisation as well. And I think that's a big part yeah. of Bridging the Gap, recognising oh, not only the yeah. reconciliation side, but also the strengths that we have as, as Indigenous yeah, business Yeah, the, the cultural practices we have. You know, I find a lot of Indigenous businesses are... To their own detriment, sometimes very, very family orientated. Um, even, mm-hmm. even at scale, some of the bigger JVs, um, they're they're very family orientated. I know they go to trade shows with a young brother there or the nephew coming along to learn about. Um, you know, he might be on the tools, but they brought him into the trade show, and he's representing a construction company, talking to people like DFAT or. Uh, other federal agencies, you know, it's it's a learning thing. It's wanting the best for our people. But I like what you said about it's sort of all the eggs in one basket. I think some of these social enterprises, it's you know, I've I've geared it like this, and my customer will be government, and that's that's alone who it'll be. And um, it's very very dangerous uh, business structure. You know, it's like someone who mows lawns but never mowed a lawn, but said I'm going to start a mowing business, and government will be my you know, customer and Almo government lawns. And so it's, yeah, it is very dangerous because policies change, things change, there's complexities around that. And yeah, I just love hearing your heart on it. So, but anyway, what's next for for yourself, Matty? What's happens in the next couple of years? Where are you in three years from now? That's an awesome question, Isaac. And so where we'll be in three years is we'll definitely have a larger and stronger team Yep. Um, we are growing. We will continue in our pursuit of of excellence in in yeah. you know delivering quality legal services because I think at the end of the, at the end of the day, business is about relationships. Yes, businesses grow best through referrals. Yep, and I think that um, if you can deliver beyond what you've promised, yep. then you're going to be sure have a happy client. I love the Definitely. saying, say what you do and do what you say. Yeah. I think it's really important to say who you are and what you do. Yeah. You need to deliver on what you say and we're going to continue in our development of processes, systems and yeah. innovation through the law to make sure that we, uh, you know, keep growing onwards and upwards. Yeah, that's fantastic, mate. Um, well, thanks uh, for coming on, giving me your time. I know you lawyers are always busy. So thank you for giving some time to come on our very first podcast of Deadly Discussions and I look forward to having a crock burger with yourself and Sharon in the near future. Awesome. Awesome. I think it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, mate. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye.